This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight. You are no source for thriving with diabetes. Me, Taylor Danielle. And if you don't, welcome. And today I... I have an interesting thing for today's hindsight thoughts. I don't know, lately I've been thinking about what if you could see your diabetes in a different light? And I know that sounds weird, but, you know, knowing that diabetes is one of the most complex diseases to date, along with a host of others, don't get me wrong, but it affects people from so many different ages and stages, lifestyles and backgrounds. And while some are diagnosed really early on as children, others are diagnosed way later in life. And I feel like there are ways that we could achieve our diabetic goals and do it in a way that feels not only really good uh, physically, but mentally and spiritually. And something that has helped me think about how I can see my diagnosis in a different way is doing visualization exercises. And I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but if you haven't you know, figured it out by now, I love anything that surrounds mental health and retraining the mind and learning about the psychology and the chemistry about how your mind and your body works. And they are very deeply connected and it's proven over and over again. I don't need to go and pull a bunch of resources to, to tell you that. You can find it anywhere, right? But what I feel is something that is important to note is that there really is power in how you see yourself. And if any of you have been tuning into my new live stream, Is There Room For Me? That's that's a big part of what I'm sharing with people and even in my uh, coaching program, Expedition U, is that there is a lot of powerful stuff that you can do with your mind. You're seeing it pop up everywhere because there's a lot of truth to it and that how you see yourself can really change how you go about taking care of yourself and even potentially reaching your goals. There was one point where the only thing that I saw for myself was having to continuously climb the corporate ladder and be in that hamster wheel for years and years because that's what I saw my parents do. And that the only way I achieved success is by sticking to it, getting to a higher level, and then doing the you know house, car, marriage, kids thing. And that meant success. But And seeing myself in a different light, I have pursued so much for myself, which has also led to me taking better care of myself. I really want to talk about how you can use visualization to not only map out your goals, but pursue them and achieve them in ways that feels really good to you. So I think this will be a good episode, but stick around. Let's find out. Let's do it. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglements, though. So let's do it. 
All right. So, visualization, right? The short, easy term for it or, or, or understanding of it is literally imagining yourself in the state that you want to be in and then thinking through the goals that it takes to get there and putting them down in some format to actually achieve them. I've heard it through so many different people of using this very, what seems simple thing to do is imagining yourself doing the thing or being the thing that you want. And for some, it sounds easier said than done. Okay, well, I imagine myself a millionaire, right? It's not a poof, it's going to happen. It's more so of embodying that in the moment. And then if I'm a millionaire, what would be the steps that I would take right now if I didn't have access to my funds to do what I need to do? It's a mindset shift. It really is. And I know that we hear mindset and all kinds of these buzzwords all the time. And it's there for a reason. And I am very much someone that when something seems weird or like, I'm all for trying it in in what feels comfortable for me. And I realized that one visualization technique that happens, and we a lot of us do it all the time, we just don't realize it, is things like vision boards, whether that's physical digital, like Pinterest, the stuff that we consume, like we follow people on Instagram, right? Part of that is a bit of visualization because we're choosing to engage with people and their content and what they're providing. And if they're not providing anything of value, what are you consuming when you scroll through it? Is it more than just I'm supporting them and I'm just like giving them a like because that's what I want to do? It could be a lot deeper than that. For example, I had to unfollow a lot of fitness accounts because it portrayed a body image and ideal that was it for me? And not to say that those people didn't earn their bodies, things like that, but the way that it's presented made me feel shame about myself and that's not what I wanted. Visualization can be a really powerful tool in how you apply it. So how does that work exactly? Well, you visualize your goals, right? So think about in using our diabetes, like the future you want to create as a diabetic. You're healthy, you're happy, you're thriving. Even if it's something that is never going away, it does not mean that you can't be happy, healthy, or thriving. So think about what that looks like. See yourself in that space. One visualization meditation that I've done is where someone is actually talking you through the things to picture. When you first wake up and you go into the bathroom and you look at yourself in the mirror, how do you look, right? What's your hair look like? What are you wearing? How's your skin? Even to those finer details. Now, one thing I will say about visualization that I realized in going through those type of things is I I didn't really know what I looked like in my head. And I know that sounds really weird, but I had a hard time actually seeing myself. Part of that is because how often do we stare at each, at ourselves? We stare at other people all the time because We are constantly in first-person mode for all the gamers out there. But it's funny because I actually love playing video games in third-person. I want to be able to see my character's body and what it's doing and what's surrounding them. But we don't always have that ability unless we're recording ourselves and then looking back on it. That made me realize that I need to do a lot more looking at myself. And I don't even mean it through the lens of like looking at a camera. Like right now, I'm looking at the camera. And I'm actually looking at myself. I can see myself. I'm right there. But I'm not looking at myself because I want you to know that I'm looking at you or I want it to feel like I'm looking at you so you can feel engaged. But when I go and brush my teeth, 
I used to just walk around. And sometimes I still do. But I am more aware that I don't, it's better now, but at the time that I didn't really, I couldn't really imagine my face on things or imagine myself in places because I'm always seeing it from the first person view. So when it's like, hey, look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? I'm like, I don't see me. I try to, I've pulled images that I've stared at over and over again, and that creates me, but it's not actually me. It's a, if I could create myself thing, which is crazy. So I start looking at myself more in the mirror. I start really like taking in what I look like in every aspect. I turn around, I, you know, check everything out. I look at my face. I make eye contact with myself because I never want to forget what I actually look like and not be able to imagine myself in spaces because I don't actually look at myself enough. And that by itself has been really powerful for me. Now, when you're thinking about visualizing your goals and seeing yourself in your thriving you know, state as a diabetic, think about what would it look like if you achieved the goal of managing your diabetes really well? Would your weight be different? Would your hair be longer? Would your skin be clear? Do you have certain pieces of technology? What does that look like in terms of you physically? What does that look like around your home? When you walk out of your bedroom or your bathroom or whatever, what are you surrounded by? Is your house clean and tidy? Is it a little messy, but you know, it looks comfortable and lived in? Is it a total mess? Like, think about that because your environment affects how you do things just as much as how you think about yourself. And that's something that I really recognized with me is when my house is kind of a complete mess, I'm kind of all over the place. Now, I'm not any means a clean freak. I like things to be neat and put in its place. And I know you see me doing a little shelved thing back there. That's the ideal. That's the uh, thing that I see for myself. It's just this cozy, well-designed, but, you know, but clean space that you want to be in, that you want to live in, that you want to just relax in, you want to take pictures and whatever. And when I notice that things are out of place with that, I don't feel like doing stuff. I don't feel like playing with the dogs or doing other things. I avoid those areas because they, they don't fit the ideal that I see. And what it should be is that I go clean up, clean up that space, or I go rearrange that space, or I go put it to where it fits what I'm seeing. And so that's something with your goals to think about. If I'm going to be a, a content creator in a sense of providing for the Healing and High Tech podcast, providing for the Is There Room For Me live stream show and for my coaching program, what does my space look like to suit that? And how does that you know, foster positive activity for me? Well, sometimes that's moving my desk around, that's rearranging my room, that's giving myself a proper recording space, that's all types of things. So when you're thinking about looking at your goals, it can be deeper than just what you physically look like. Think about all the other areas of your life. Sometimes it's even my car. When I go to the grocery store, if my car is crappy and it's you know a mess, I don't want to go to the grocery store. I'd rather pay the delivery fee. And that can have a ripple effect on how I do things. Sometimes I find that when I actually go to the grocery store and pick out my food versus having somebody else do it, I'm more thoughtful. I, I, I take my time and I 
typically spend less money. When you are visualizing your goals, think about the future that you want to create as a diabetic and what that looks like for you physically, but also think about what it would look like if you were already walking in that greatness, already happy and thriving and managing your body diabetes really well. What does that look like in terms of you physically and your space and everything else around you? Are you hanging out with the same friends? Are you seeing the same people? What does that look like? And then when you think about all those things, write them down or create a vision board that has those same pictures. I'm trying not to say vision a lot because visualize vision, vision board, you know, but anyways, you get what I mean. Create something that you can see on a regular basis that reminds you of that. Because remember when we talked about conditioning, how it's teaching you a, how to behave and how to react to something, right? Condition yourself through seeing these things of what that ideal life would be like for you. And I love vision boards. I've been doing them for quite some time, but I was not optimizing them in the way that I feel like I could have been previously. Now that's okay. I needed to learn, but I recognized that a lot of my past vision boards were setting expectations for myself that I didn't really actually like believe in or want. A lot of them used to have pictures of women that didn't fit the right beauty standard for me. There were women that I I could never honestly look like. So now when I do my vision board, I think I I pick visuals like, what do I want to feel like on the inside? And if I do have physical bodies, I make sure that they look like me, which means a lot more are with women of color and with Afrocentric hair and the same body accentuations as me, curves, things like that. Like I have to put those visuals up because they more closely represent me than they do, you know, putting up a uh, a skinnier white woman or Latina woman or I know I'm I'm part Asian, but you know I don't have the same physical aesthetic as what you would see with Asian women. Like I appreciate, and don't get me wrong, when I see a beautiful art piece with any woman of color, I appreciate it. But when it comes to what my goals are, I need to be able to see myself in that, and so that is something that you should do with your vision boards. It is literally an artwork of how you see your life. And if you're putting unrealistic expectations on this, it's no wonder how sometimes they don't manifest for you because you're not actually seeing yourself. You're seeing something else. Write down a list if you're a list person or create a vision board that keeps them in mind for you of what those goals are and what that would feel like, look like, be like with it. Sometimes engage all five senses. Curate a playlist of songs that make you feel the way that you want to see yourself in these goals. Candles or incense or certain scents. I've made it a point to, even in my routine body care, there's certain scents that just really light me up. I love ginger. The smell of ginger and like grapefruit and like really nice citrus or like more muscular florals, especially if I'm in a sensual mood, like those make me feel strong. Those make me feel beautiful. They make me feel like myself. Same thing when I do my hair, my makeup, my clothes, all of that is a part of visualization. Dress for the part. That's really more powerful than people think. And I used to be real particular about the stuff that I would buy and wear because I'm trying to be like the Instagram models. And it's like, no, I want to wear what makes me feel good. And sometimes it's a blazer and sometimes it's tattered jeans and a really cool graphic tee. It all varies on my mood and what I feel and what I'm trying to produce. Sometimes when I really want to feel like I am just in flow with my body, I like to wear really loose fitting dresses. And oh, especially like uh, when it comes to pajamas and stuff like that, like satin 
slip dresses, something about it just makes me feel really connected with myself physically. So all of that plays into how your goals can come about. So again, think about how you want to see yourself as a thriving, well-managed diabetic. Come up with those goals, write them down or create a vision board and make sure that they're somewhere where you can see them on a regular basis. Then think about what steps would it take to achieve them? I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with the term of like reverse engineering. That means looking at the ultimate goal and going backwards in what was the step to get to that. And you keep breaking down those steps all the way till you get to step number one. Now, I really saw this cool visual of what these steps are. And like, you ever wonder why the rungs on a ladder are so close together? Because when you climb it, if the next rung is too far up, you can't really pull yourself up to get to it. So that's the same thing with visualizing your goals. Don't set these crazy big goals that you can't make a step towards that, or it, it causes this, you have to go from this one, one space, to this huge leap to the next one. Think about the small stuff in between that. For example, as a diabetic, I wanted to lower my A1C. I think we all do, right? But lowering my A1C is like the big picture thing. What are the smaller steps behind it that require that? Well, lowering my A1C requires me to think about, be consistent with my medication regimen, right? Because being consistent with my medication regimen allows me to see how it's affecting me and allows me to pivot if I need to adjust anything or if I need to have my doctor adjust anything. That means being mindful of what I eat doesn't mean that I can't eat what I want, but sometimes it's the portion sizes. Sometimes it's the time of day. Sometimes it's what I'm eating itself. Excuse me. You have to think about the small things in between that lead up to that. Getting some movement in. Does that mean I got to do crazy cardio all the time? No, maybe not. Sometimes it's the type of movement. So think about all the small stuff in between that gets you there. And then write down those goals and make sure that they're very specific and easily measurable. Not sure if y'all are familiar with SMART goals, but SMART goals, look it up. It's everywhere. We'll take the time to explain it here. But specific and measurable are the first two parts of a SMART goal, meaning it shouldn't be vague. Lowering my A1C is pretty vague. So how do we get specific with it? Okay. Getting my A1C down to, what is it? 5.7 is the top tier of the normal range. Okay. Well, how can we get us down to 5.7. What's the time frame on that? All right. Well, I got to get my A1C tested every 90 days. 90 days is pretty aggressive, depending on where you're starting from. It can be done. I've seen pl plenty of people do it. But if you want to kind of take your time with it, let's say six months, right? That's about two testing periods, right? So specific, the specific goals, I want to lower my A1C down to 5.7 and I want to do it in six months. Those two alone can give you a great foundation of what those little steps in between are. So Make that list, break down or reverse engineer what those little steps are to get to it, and then get really specific and add a kind of time frame around it. Put it, put a date on it. When you put a date on something, it really pushes you to, to be motivated to act on it. Engage with your medical team too, because sometimes we'll try to create goals that really just are unrealistic. And sometimes it takes leaning on our medical professionals of like, okay, I'll use the A1C now. Hey, is achieving a 5.7 A1C from 8.3 possible in 90 days? 
it is possible, but you might have to, it could lead to some extreme choices and decision making that may not be the healthiest because after that you might creep back up because it's not sustainable option or whatever. Maybe go for six months or maybe we need to do a slow gradual, whatever it is. Don't be afraid to get with your medical team to curate a plan that makes sense for your goals. Something else that I think is helpful, but I feel like you should put your own spin on it is keeping a journal for yourself in order to kind of keep you accountable. Now, whether that is a food log journal, whether that's an activity journal, whether that's just a journal to to write your thoughts out about your day, whatever, to track your water intake, whatever it may be, make it for whatever fits best for you. I'm not good at logging food. I will say it's actually easier for me to write it down and think, like even if I have to think uh, earlier on the day to write it down than it is to like hop in an app and look it up and make sure I got the right measurements and all that kind of stuff like that. that. That's exhausting for me. But sometimes just the act of like writing down everything that you ate, because sometimes when you see that laundry list of like, ooh, I ate a lot today, then you might be able to think uh, a little bit more detail of like, well, how much of that did I eat? Was this like, me just snacking all day? Or were these like whole meals? What was in it? If I see that I wrote down pizza three times in a day, that might not be the best thing. So use a journal in a way that best suits you. But I found that writing things down has been super helpful in in keeping up with my goals. When you set these small achievable goals, remember the ladder rungs are close together because it helps you climb. When you achieve those small steps, please celebrate them. However big or small that you want to acknowledge it, we need to acknowledge the steps that we take towards something, okay? Because I often see people go, oh yeah, I did this today, but I still have all these other things that I need to do. And it just completely diminishes the fact that you completed something today. We need to celebrate more the things that we actually accomplished because when we start to list that out, sometimes that list gets a lot longer than the things that we haven't yet. And sometimes the things that we haven't accomplished yet are so far out that they really shouldn't even be counted towards that. So for example, I know that I have really big ambitious goals for my businesses, but I can't get upset by not having those goals met. I need to be excited about the stuff that I have met because it does bring me closer. So if you ate really well today, and you knocked out like three tasks and saw that your blood sugar was pretty well in range today, celebrate that. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday, right? Celebrate that. Every time that you achieve a milestone towards the betterment of your health and your diabetes management, you need to celebrate that. Don't dwell on what you haven't done because when we get into this space of, well, yeah, I did good today, but yesterday was yesterday's already gone. There's no going back to it. There's no making changes from it. We can learn a little bit from it, but it does not need to dictate what is going on today. And it does not take away from the fact that you did something good today because you're right now in that moment. So celebrate those small actionable steps. When you take them and you achieve them, done is better than perfect. Like Please make sure that you're celebrating that because you need to create this reaction of like, hey, I did something good and I feel good about it. Hey, I did this thing and I feel good about it. Hey, this was really hard, but I did it and I feel good about it because it's going to encourage you to keep going. Okay. All right. So we are visualizing our goals through thinking about how we want to see ourselves, how our environment is going to be conducive to seeing ourselves in that thriving state. 
We're creating a vision board or a list of all of those goals to help us keep that in mind. And then we're taking the time to write down what those steps are and those steps equate to goals to get to the the bigger picture. We're celebrating when we achieve those things. And now we want to make sure that you have the resources that you need to do that. And that could look like time, money, whatever. I spent a lot of money, a lot of money on fitness programs, nutrition plans, all those kinds of things. And I really didn't like take into account, do I have the time? Do I have the money? Can I commit to this? So whenever you are setting these goals, it's okay if you don't have all of the time and resources for every single goal. Pull the ones that are the easiest to do and build up towards it. I might not have all the resources to immediately have my blood sugar be the best. I didn't. I didn't have access to a CGM at one point. I didn't, you know, see a dietitian or an endocrinologist consistently, right? But what I did have is I got my glucometer, I have my primary care physician, and I have, you know, the time to to look up information on ways that I can do better. And I can set my goals surrounding those things and knock those out from there. And I did. And that led to my A1C lowering a little bit, my medication regimen changing, but that also led me to, all right, I'm ready to be referred out to an endocrinologist because I'm ready to take steps to get more, to get the resources that I need in order to achieve the next goal. And I feel like the best resource for me is going to be getting a CGM because I'm noticing in order to get the results that I did this round, I'm having to prick my finger a lot. Can you refer me to an endocrinologist? Or if your doctor's willing, can you write me a prescription for a sensor or uh, a CGM? She wanted me to go through an endocrinologist, so I did, right? And now my medication is updated and I feel like I'm about to meet my, my next goal because I was able to achieve what I could and then get the resources to achieve the next set. And I feel like this might be repetitive, but it's still in the same vein of like, not only celebrate the things that you um, have accomplished, but reward yourself. It's okay to do it. It's okay to reward yourself for something that you've done well. It doesn't have to be food, y'all. Now it can, it can be like, you know what? I'm going to celebrate with a little bit of ice cream. Moderation is so key, but reward yourself when you do things. I had a Pinterest board when I was super heavy and like, I need to lose a bunch of weight, but what drove me in some ways was I had a reward system. So I had on this Pinterest board, when I hit my different goals, I would allow myself to buy this whatever thing that it was. And it had to be something that would continue to assist with that goal. I think I only had like three and they were, they were like big milestone goals that it was just for fun. Like, like I don't know, I can't remember something like, I think it was like one with like traveling somewhere or something like that. But reward yourself. Sometimes it's as simple as, okay, I'm going to write down all these goals and I'm going to attach a reward to it. And as the goals get, you know, kind of bigger and bigger, or I'm getting closer to the bigger picture goal, then so the, so do the rewards, right? So it just varies, but don't be afraid to reward yourself for accomplishing something. Because again, remember when we talked about conditioning, we're conditioning ourselves that every time we achieve this thing, we get this exciting thing that comes afterwards. And that also helps you to build discipline, right? Motivation is a fleeting feeling. Motivation is not something that just exists in abundance. You have to kind of create it. And the discipline steps in by conditioning yourself that when you do this and when you achieve it, no matter how much you don't want to do it sometimes or how much it it feels, feels sucky or whatever, that by getting to the end of this, 
I get this and this makes me feel good. So that means I'm going to get up and do it again. Give yourself a reward for accomplishing something because it matters. I hope this was helpful because I can truly say that this process has helped me. I know it sounds really silly of like, all right, let me sit here and think of myself. Hmm. Well, I see myself as not being a diabetic. I get it. I get that's probably the first thing that you're thinking about of like, okay, if I'm going to visualize how I want to see myself, I want to see myself without diabetes. I get it, but just try it and let me know. Try the whole system of visualize yourself, even still with diabetes, and what that happy, thriving state looks like. Create visuals around that. Think about what your environment would look like, and then take and list out what those steps would need to be to get to the, that state. Break it down, reverse engineer it. Don't just go, okay, I see myself with my numbers in check and being able to enjoy life and travel and do all these things and my diabetes management is still really good. Okay, that's a big, broad goal. What does that look like? What are the steps involved to that? And then make sure that you're setting small achievable goals, right? Ladder rungs that are close together, not super far apart. And then gather your resources for it whatever they may be, celebrate your achievements, your wins, and reward yourself for them. And continue to repeat that cycle until you get to that big picture goal. I've done it. It's worked for me. I lowered my A1C through this method. And I'm kind of in this, the second round of that now with adding the resource of a CGM and updated medication and all of that. So my hope is that my, my soon upcoming A1C will show a result of that. And even in other areas, my business, my, my other show and things like that, like I've done the same process for all of it. And all of my goals are realistic. So something, something is just like, start the live stream. Don't worry about all the fancy schmancy stuff. Just press live. Stuff like that. And I really do feel like it is powerful and it is helpful. So try it. And hey, let me know if you do something else or if you have a different way of how you go about your goals and how you might use uh, visualization techniques to achieve them. Because... I think they can be used in every aspect of our life, including our health. Thank you again for your time today, guys. As always, I really do enjoy these hindsight thoughts. I feel like it's an opportunity for me to just share what's on my mind and things that I'm uh, thinking through and hopefully that it's beneficial for you. Of course, you already know, special guest coming up on Thursday. Really excited for it. But until then, I will catch you guys next time.